every one of you who confesses Jesus as Lord of the universe signs up for a significance beyond anything you ever dreamed. And I mean business men and women here, homemakers, students. To belong to Jesus is to embrace the nations. Your heart was made for this. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Made for Missions podcast, where our heart is to mobilize Christians towards the Great Commission. For more information, go to my website at mikefalkenstein.com. That's Mike Falkenstein, F-A-L-K-E-N-S-T-I-N-E.com. Thanks for joining us. Well, ladies and gentlemen, thank you so much for joining us for this, the 25th episode of the Made for Missions podcast. So great to be with you. Mike Falkenstein here again with my co-host, Ken Watmore. Ken, how are you doing? Doing great. Thank you. That's great. We're uh, kind of reveling here in Denver after our local uh, hometown team won the Super Bowl. That was an exciting game, wasn't it? Yeah, no doubt about it. One of the one of the more fun games to watch, actually. Yeah, it really was. We're used to seeing the offensive heroes, and I think the offense did what they needed to do, but uh, clearly the defense yeah. was on wow. both sides of the ball was the yeah. star of the game. Yeah, that was quite a game. That was a lot of fun. So, Ken, we've just been through a series of podcasts where we're kind of taking people through, you know, sharing their faith, sharing their testimony. Uh, we had my friend Dudley Callison come in on the last episode and share his, what he calls simple missionality, the six steps to begin reaching our uh, neighbors. And boy, that was such a great time with Dudley. I really enjoyed having him here and you know, after I after I had him here and we had our nice visit together, I thought, you know, the I would imagine a lot of the same principles that we're talking about with this Engage 13 and the opportunities to giving and just sort of investing in our neighbors, as I think my friend Dudley said, you know, building a bridge strong enough of friendship that can carry the weight of the gospel, which I thought was a kind of a good way to put it. I thought, you know, that same thing could be applied in our workplaces, right? And so I thought, you know, it'd be good to have, for you and I to have a conversation about that. And, you know, a lot of the same principles do apply, you know, becoming friends, hearing their stories, entering, entering into their lives into productive ways. And uh, I know you and I have talked about that before. There's definitely opportunities in our places of work, isn't there? Yeah, no question about it. And uh, it, this is... I almost think that we could, yeah, the engage 13 in the workplace idea. There's a lot of opportunity to, as you said, to pray for people, to know what's going on in their family, in their lives. And, uh, and that opened so many doors uh, recently. And I know I copied you on an email requesting to pray for someone in, That's right. in, a, in yeah, you're my office, mm -hmm. um, whose mom had had a heart attack and, you know, that's an opportunity that wouldn't have been there had I not been open with my faith, right? And and at least she knew uh, that I was a Christian and um, that when she needed to ask somebody to pray, she came to me, uh, not because of anything I've done. It's just that she knew who I was. I think there's the idea of being open about your faith and yet following some guidelines that we've talked about and we'll talk about today mm -hmm. uh, with what that looks like in the workplace. That's right. That's right. And so I'm wondering from your perspective, Ken, I mean, one of the, one of the things I think in terms of 
having this unique opportunity with people at work is that, you know, we are spending many times eight hours or more a day with these people. Mm-hmm. So obviously, you know, you might even spend more time with them than you do with many other, most other people, right? right? And so, right. so tell me from your perspective, this idea of beginning this process of, of course, not only knowing them by name, but hearing their stories and in hearing their stories, discovering ways to pray for them, what have been the most effective things for you in the workplace in that in that area? Well, you know, as far as starting to know people um, now, and I'm, you know, I'm in an, a building with what some 30 or 40 people mm-hmm. uh, that it's, you know, plenty of you that listening might be in a building with some thousand people, you know, and that's it's right. Completely different. I, I think you, uh, one thing for me personally is I know that whenever I see a new person, I want to know who they are. <laughs> and for, uh, for me, it comes very natural to engage in a conversation and start asking people about who they are, about their families, where they come from and those things. And that, that's something that God's blessed me with a pretty casual approach to, right? I, I don't have a problem opening the door with people to, uh, to talk about who they are. And in that conversation, you know, as they talk about who they are and that ignites a conversation to talk about who I am. Right. And, uh, when they ask questions, I respond. And I, I think just, it's a, it's part of who I am to talk about my, the fact that I follow Christ, uh, that I love the Lord, that, uh, that he's my savior. I, I, it's just natural conversation for me in those aspects, which then open the door to those times when somebody says, Hey, I need somebody to pray for me. And frankly, um, it happens more and more as I grow closer to Christ, uh, mm-hmm. as I, uh, find myself, uh, making sure that he's a part of everything I do in my workplace. Um, I find more and more the people that you wouldn't expect will come to you and ask for prayer or just begin sharing something that they're going through. Um, so that happens pretty frequently. I think once you kind of leave that, that door open to, for discussion. Um, but as you're talking to people and, uh, you know, I, I think as a natural part of a the conversation, they tell you a little bit about what they're going through. You hear people, um, and again, I, I don't want to jump ahead of what we're going to talk about, but I mean, you hear people uh, that might say, oh, my, uh, my husband's such a meanie or, right. Oh, or, right. or uh, my, you know, my wife won't leave me alone and stuff like that. And I mean, I think those are opportunities where you can start to think, okay, I know that something's going on. I can start praying for him. Um, and, That's right. And then allow that conversation to take place at their pace, because when they're talking about their personal stuff. You know, especially if it's something you overheard uh, and they didn't necessarily invite you. It's just some, a place for you to pray about it. That's uh, right. Leave it up to God. Um, always know that God knows what's going on. Uh, he, God knows what's happening um, and and wants you to bring it before him. I think that's really great because obviously there are two ways maybe to be able to begin praying for people. Those things that they're telling you about mm-hmm. themselves, kind of the known and unknown things in their lives, because it is true a lot of times if you're just in an office and you've got cubicles or sound travels. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> that's right. And so there are maybe some things sometimes you don't, that were intended for you, but certainly you can still begin going, you know, that's that's something that I can begin praying. Yeah. So, you know, Ken, another thing to uh, think about too is that when we hear some of these prayer requests you know, I always like to have them in a uh, journal where you're writing down the name and the prayer request in particular. And and I just remember uh, Dudley saying something about that with his neighbors. Many times he's not going to, A, remember their names, 
or B, then remember these prayer requests unless he writes them down. And so, you know, I found that same thing to be true. And by the way, there's all kinds of additional apps, you know, that you can, that you can use. And so, yeah, I mean, as you have, if you, as you have your quiet time, if you have those three or four things for two or three people, you know, that you can begin praying for, I've just found that to be, you know, really useful. So, uh, so we're, um, we're beginning to find ways to pray for these workmates. I'm wondering then, Ken, have you found opportunities then as, as you're asking their stories, uh, eventually, because, you know, this just happens with friends, right? As you be, as you, as you become, people become more familiar with each other. Um, are they asking your story as well? Are you getting opportunities to share about your life? Yeah, no question about it. Probably not all as it relates to um, my prayer life or my faith all the time, um, but that's that's part of my story. So, you know, it's maybe somebody's asking about uh, things that lead me into a conversation about maybe, you know, where was I when I was 18, right? When I was traveling around the country in a Volkswagen van oh, right. you know, uh, with a couple of buddies playing music and and doing that whole thing, uh, you know, that will open a door to that conversation. Um, but in that context... It gives me an opportunity to say, you know, thank the Lord mm-hmm. that I'm not that same guy now, uh, right. what, he, what he's brought me through right. to, to where I am. Not that I regret those things. There, there was great learning in those, and it's a part of my journey. That's right. Um, and uh, and gives me an opportunity to uh, to know places and areas to meet and pray with people uh, that I might not have known before, p- p- places where my story can impact somebody else's story or relate to theirs. Mm-hmm. So yeah, you may find that in that conversation, somebody would say, I, you know, I also did uh, oh, something, d- yeah, like that th- or, something like yeah. that, or, you know, I, I lived in California and Florida or wh- whatever it might be that opened some doors to, to lots of different discussions that, you know, so I, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm an open book. I don't mind sharing probably 90 to 95% of uh, my experience with most people um, because I think that it's helpful um, Mm -hmm. to talk about who I am now in Christ uh, as opposed to who I was then when I was, you know, quite lost. That's great. And I think that's, Ken, the thing that I've really enjoyed about, hearing from Dudley, the things, the kind of the journey that we've been on in the podcast is, you know, we started with the episodes on sharing your testimony and sharing your faith, which by the way, in this whole thing is still really important because eventually, I mean, that's the goal, right? I mean, as we want to mobilize Christians towards the Great Commission, we want to see people going from not being a believer in Jesus to being a believer in Jesus. So that I mean, that's key. We got to have that content. I think on the other hand, it's such a, the simple missionality principle is so important, whether it's in our neighborhoods or in our uh, workplace, because it's not hardcore evangelism. It really should not be all that offensive to that many people, (laughs) uh, given that it's really more friendship making, right? I just want to get to know about you. Eventually, as you ask me, you're going to get to know about me. We begin the, we begin this process of becoming friends. And as my friend Dudley said in the last episode, then that bridge of friendship gets strong enough to carry the weight of the gospel. Right. So that's great. Yeah. I really, I really like that. And so, and so the 
other thing that we talked about that I talked about last week with Dudley and he really emphasized was beginning to find simple ways to serve these new friends. And I think there's, I mean, you mentioned this whole uh, incident, this situation that happened with the gal at your workplace. She came to you and asked you for prayer. I'm assuming there's other opportunities. I mean, if you're working with people, they they might need a ride somewhere or they're going to the dentist and they need something, you know, they need, Mm -hmm. I mean, they're just, because our work lives take so much of our day, there's inevitably going to be opportunities to serve these new friends, isn't there? Oh yeah. No question about it. I think that, um, it's limitless really. I mean, you're, there's always opportunities to serve at work in the simplest ways. I would tell you also that, you know, when you have opportunities to serve somebody at work, if it's helping them, you know, um, maybe you've, you're rearranging the chairs in a conference room, right. And, uh, right. Because somebody just had a meeting there and they they, they might say, well, oh, I've got it. And you say, well, it's my pleasure to help. And then, you know, during that time, um, I do feel that you should be praising God and thanking him for an opportunity to serve somebody. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and in that I do, I feel like when we acknowledge God and the opportunities he gives us in the smallest way to help someone, in turn, he blesses us with more opportunities to get involved with those people and share with them. Mm. Um, I, I think that he uses the very smallest acts to start to pull on somebody to kind of open that door. Um, and, and I really believe that. I think, you know, and, and many times if I found myself in a situation uh, in my workplace over, you know, over the years, uh, other workplaces where I'm, there may be a task of help that I didn't necessarily want to do. Um, <laughs> right. And, and I have to even correct my thinking during the service to say, God, I'm sorry. I've been I've kind of complaining about doing this because I know it's an opportunity that you provided for me to serve and I should do everything, which I know we'll talk about soon, um, just as it relates to how you should work as a Christian. Yes. Um, but we should do everything to his glory. Uh, everything to please him. Colossians three twenty three says, "Do all your work heartily as to ser- as to unto the Lord, right. not for man." Uh, mm. that I that's almost our mantra in my family, right? That everything that we do, we should make sure that whether we maybe enter into it joyously or not, we should stop, calculate how we're feeling, and bring it before the Lord and ask Him to, for, or actually thank Him for the opportunity mm. to serve Him and make sure that it's something that glorifies and honors Him. Yeah, that's exactly right. And so I think picked up two things from what you said. Number one, being a blessing can be endearing to the heart, right? I mean, there, yeah. there can be just a real, that's another opportunity to kind of build this bridge yeah. strong enough. And the second thing would just be looking for everyday opportunities to be that blessing. Yeah. And, uh, you know, maybe dying to self a little bit. And Completely. <laughs> you know, think about it this way. Uh, if, if you're the person in the workplace who is always at the ready to help, you're always there, then somewhere somebody is going to say, Kali, you know, that person is just every single time we need something, they're there. As a coach, I will put it this way. Uh, for me, the person I recognize at the end of every season is the player who goes, I'll play guard, I'll play tackle, 
I don't, oh. I don't have to be a fullback or a running back or a, a quarterback. Um, I don't need to play. You, where do you need me, coach? Oh, I'm right. in there. Special teams, I got it. What You want me to bring water out during timeout? I got it. That's the player every year that may, I swear it makes me cry when I present the end of the season in our football banquet. It's always the player who does those things that just absolutely tears my heart apart in a great way. Uh, and I can't hold myself together in acknowledging <laughs> them uh, in front of the mm. team and the parents. Mm. Um, so as a Christian worker, you need to be that employee. You need to be the very the person who always does their very best because you're working mm. for God, not That's for really your good. boss. Mm-hmm. <laughs> God's given you a boss to work or just for. for the be paycheck. thankful. Yeah, yeah. You know, uh, work for God first. The mm-hmm. boss will be happy if you do. Um, mm. And if that could be a good motto, right? Well, it really, it is. I mean, <laughs> if you're if you're working to please God, then what else matters, right? I mean, because mm-hmm. if somebody can't find that you're uh, you, you, that you're excelling when you're trying to please the almighty creator of all things, then they're probably not good enough to be your boss. Right. Mm-hmm. I mean, That's they, right. if you're working for God, you're working for the best. There's nothing uh, that, that goes beyond that. In that, if you're the Christian employee that is always trying to do their best and always willing to serve, then you're going to be that person at the end of the day that people go, man, that's somebody I can count on. And mm. then when they feel that way, you have an opportunity to say to them, well, the reason you can count on me is because I'm not working for anybody but God. And All if right. I'm trying to please him, I know that everything else is going to fall into place for me. That's right. Well, Ken, we are having a great conversation here, and I think this might be a good time for us to take a little break, uh, to take our intermission, and allow our good friend, Tom Muller from KRKS 94.7 here in Denver, to say a few words. So let's take a little break, and we'll be back right after this. Hi, Tom Muller again. I'm often stricken by the passion of the missionaries of the 1800s. They had a clear understanding of the Great Commission command and their responsibility to obey. Listen to a couple of these quotes from these missionary heroes. Hudson Taylor, the first Western missionary to go into the inland provinces of China. The Great Commission is not an option to be considered. It is a command to be obeyed. Or how about Henry Martin, missionary to India and Persia? The Spirit of Christ is the spirit of missions The nearer we get to Him, the more intensely missionary we become. It is the same spirit that Mike Falkenstein and the Made for Missions team brings to their calling to mobilize Christians toward the Great Commission. For those who want to join Mike and the team with that same zeal, I would encourage you to visit MikeFalkenstein.com and peruse the website and join Mike and his team and mobilizing Christians toward the Great Commission. Well, Ken, we, as always, are so thankful for our friend Tom Muller. Thank you, Mr. Tom. So, Ken, as we come back from our break, we want to ask this question. Am I ready to share, share my story when asked? Yeah. And again, you've just already clearly sort of laid that out, that if you're that kind of an employee, they're maybe even going to be asking you. Sure. You know? And whether it's the employee that you're outshining because you're working for God and and willingly ready to serve, you know, I mean, there are some of those employees that will just be like, that can all the time, you know, (laughs) but then it gives you an opportunity. Yeah, but this is why I'm doing it, you know, or for the, for the boss or the, I mean, that really is kind of a being salt and light right in your, 
right in your your workplace and that yeah no question yeah, about it that's really true so yeah. that is so great and then i mean i just again get excited about this because then it's yeah you know let's grab a lunch sometime and i'll tell you more about kind of this god that i serve or kind of what he did in my life or mm-hmm. you know i mean then that bridge is is set right it's it's uh it's been built and then you have an opportunity and that kind of flips the evangelism on its head, doesn't it? I mean, it's not you trying to force somehow a an agenda on them, which they most of the time end up, you know, regretting or uh, resenting anyway, right. right? I mean, no one wants anything shoved down their, their throats. It's rather, it's a, they've looked at your life, they've seen your life, they've seen how you live, and then it's, again, that bridge is set for the gospel, so. Sure. I think that's really good. So, Ken, one more thing I think we need to talk about in this whole idea of kind of sharing in the workplace, and that is obviously in our post-Christian country, there are some concerns that maybe some people would have if they're if they're listening today uh, to this episode of the podcast that, yeah, I, Mike and Ken, I kind of get what you're saying, but I do not have a very open atmosphere at my work. In fact, I'm kind of worried maybe about some of the legal, you know, we do hear about some of these uh, court cases that are happening even with, yeah, I mean, just in a post-Christian society, you know, Chick-fil-A tries to do something and they get, you know, criticism or there's the Hobby Lobby guys who, you know, who uh, really wanted to, you know, take a stand for their faith and were being sued. And so I thought I thought as we mobilize or kind of push people or, or guide people towards the Great Commission, obviously there's a legal status that we need to talk about. And I just, I'm, I'm, I'm talking about this mainly to give people uh, peace about this, that, you know, there may be some who have questions like, when does sharing your faith constitute harassment? Are there greater restrictions on religious expression for supervisors? Does it matter if you're witnessing to your company's uh, customers or coworkers? Obviously, one that many people may be concerned about is what what about as a Christian employer uh, sharing with employees? Are there any concerns? And we don't need to get into you know I've got a lot of details here. We don't get we don't we don't need to get into all of them. But obviously. There is a Civil Rights Act of 1964 that stipulates that a company can allow their employees to engage in non-work-related conversations such as those about politics, family, sports, and even religion. You know, over the years, the court cases have shown that the water cooler or employee lunchroom are a type of public forum. And so, in other words, while the Christian employees have broad rights to express their faith, uh, there are a couple of legal limitations. One being that an employee must not allow religious discussions to interfere with work. And Ken, I think for both of us, that kind of makes sense, right? I mean, that being a Christian evangelist is probably not why your employer is hiring you, right? That's right. Unless you work for the church as a Christian evangelist, you Mm -hmm. probably aren't hired for that purpose. Yeah, that's right. Um, And that's why you have to be excellent at the job you're hired for which is going to allow more opportunities for you to be excellent at evangelizing in the workplace. Yeah, that's right. And that's right. And so, so yeah, as we talk about the engage 13 in the work, of course, not only legally, but I think you and I would both agree. Yeah. Don't, I mean, do your job well. And in that doing your job, well, God will give you opportunities to share. 
Yeah, I agree with that for sure and have seen it. And I will also say for a Christian, (laughs) when you work hard, when you do your job to be excellent at what you do, you, there's two things that are going to happen. You are going to attract the attention of people. Um, and it's going to come in two different ways. One is that people are going to go, wow, that person really works hard. They're always up to the task. They help out with everything They're, You know, I, I feel like I can count on that person kind of like what we just talked about, mm-hmm. but the second kind of attention that will happen yes. is the kind you don't want. And that's <laughs> going to be the people who are like, eh, it's a do gooder, you know, boy, they're always trying to get on the boss's good side. And you know what? That's the persecution we face in the world. And that's, that's okay. Right. When they, that is okay. When they know why you do it, which will happen over time, then that will settle down. And then there'll be somebody else to come along and take their place to whine and complain about how well you try to work, right? <laughs> yeah, so that's right. It's going to happen. It's, you're always going to have that. Uh, you you can't let that distract you. Um, and that might be a place where people do try to attack you on the basis of your faith. And the people that get jealous, for lack of a better way of putting it, uh, because you do well and are recognized for it, those might be the people who say, hey, so-and-so is you know sharing his faith with me and I'm kind of sick of it. And you know those things can happen. Um, yes. And that's... That's the way the devil works, right? Yeah, that's uh, so right. Be prepared for it. Be okay with it. And just, I will tell you this, on those those issues, I think you don't fight back. I, I think you always stand up for your rights, of mm-hmm. course. But in those areas, it's a smile and wave kind of thing, you know? Yeah, that's hey, right. Yeah, no problem. Uh, it's That's all right. They, they don't like me. It's okay. It's, it's <laughs> fine, you know? That's right. And just a quick tag on to what you're saying. I'm just reading this. Uh, you know, I printed out a much larger volume of information, and there's a little note about, there's a little note about a Christian employee who had gotten fired really more because they were sharing their faith, uh, but they had kept their evaluation records. You know, they were getting every six month evaluation, spotless evaluation. And it kind of goes to the point of, Hey, if you're doing a great job, I think it kind of gives you maybe a little bit more freedom to express your faith maybe yeah. I mean you, I mean you're, you're building that platform in your workplace right so yeah. uh, the second thing we need to talk about in terms of the the rights for uh, for uh, employees is just and this again Ken you and I were just talking about this this makes sense that if a co-worker indicates a co-worker of ours indicates directly or indirectly that he or she does not wish to discuss matters of religion the Christian employee should immediately stop discussing it the Christian doesn't stop, it can, uh, that person can be harassed f- uh, or a discipline for harass harassment, which makes sense. Right. I mean, and then th- this rule is legitimate because we would want it the, the other way too. Right? right. And we were just talking about if there was a, uh, a Satanist who wanted to talk to us, we would want to stop that kind of conversation too. Right. That's so right. it does go both ways. Yep. Absolutely. Uh, and I think that just, I think one of the keys is to remember that it's always okay uh, to, you know, to invite people to a church function. It's always okay right. to invite people to something. And, and, and I'm encouraging you, don't ever hide what you're inviting someone to, right? I mean, if it's faith-oriented, let them know that up front. 
That's you know, right. There's no reason to disguise what you do or mm-hmm. what you're doing. There, it, it's this is not a covert operation, right? Um, this <laughs> That's is, right. You you want to be open with your faith, open what you do, and always feel free to invite people. But there are cutoffs at work where you know if somebody says, "Hey, I really don't want to talk about that stuff." That's fine. No problem. Hey, sorry. Yeah. I apologize. Let's talk that, about football. You know? Yeah, that's right. Yeah, yeah, let's, yeah. It, it, that's totally good, uh, and it's gonna it's gonna make it more opportunities for you later on with that person. But remember that all these opportunities where you feel that there's a door closing, or a person that is rude, or a person that doesn't want to talk about it, or a person that maybe talks behind your back about you being the do gooder, like we just talked about. Right. The answer is just to pray for those people. That's pray right. For them. It's like we talked about in the beginning. You always have opportunities that you will find to pray for people. That's right. I mean, part of it, what I think about with that is the door might be closed initially, but again, if you're working there and they're working there for some period of time, you begin praying and you never know what's going to, you know, what can happen, right? right? I mean, a closed door does not always mean it's going to be welded shut forever. That's right. You know, so anyway, well, Ken, we could go on and on. It's such a great topic. I guess my final thoughts, Ken, would just be for those who are looking for ways to reach out to those in their uh, workplace, uh, this Engage 13, I think, is a really great tool. So I would encourage people, we're now at uh, episode 25, go back to episode 24, listen to my friend Dudley Callison, who shared, you really take kind of his principles and you just apply it to the workplace. There are opportunities and they start real, real simply, right? So can any final thoughts from you? I do have a final thought. Please. As people, as people follow us on Twitter, this is a great place where we can discuss this stuff. Um, maybe it is. you have an incident at work that you are interested in talking to somebody about. Maybe you have somebody that you want to pray for anonymously. We don't want to bring anyone's name up on Twitter or anything like that. But these are opportunities that we can discuss and even join together to pray about them. Uh, so certainly yeah. uh, follow us, uh, engage in the the conversations on Twitter, um, listen to the episodes, and, and then let us you know, let us come in and, and work through some things with you. There's great resources out there. Certainly places like the American Center for Law and Justice work on these kind of issues. They do. That's what they do all the time. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's a great resource. And I, I do feel like, you know, if you have stuff that we could talk about, maybe great ideas, let's open those up and follow us on Twitter and, you know, engage in a conversation there too. Yeah, that's great. And uh, by the way, just as a note to that, Ken, there is a direct message feature on Twitter. That's so right. it's yep. not for public consumption. They could just get in touch with us. So Ken, I know you're at Ken Wantmore on Twitter mm-hmm. and I'm at Missions Mike. We'd love to hear from you guys. Thank you so much for joining us for this latest episode of the Made for Missions podcast. Hopefully it's been a help to you. And uh, we're certainly, you know, our heart here is to mobilize Christians towards the Great Commission. We're looking forward to continuing the conversation with you. Thanks for joining us, and we'll look forward to having you on the next episode of the Made for Missions podcast.